Welcome to the latest episode of Your Wealth with Gemma Dell, a podcast series designed to help you create, grow and protect your wealth. Hi and welcome to the Your Wealth podcast. I'm Gemma Dale, NAB Trades Director of SMSF and Investor Behaviour. By now, the coronavirus that has worried markets and travellers is a global pandemic and it's affecting everything from supermarket shelves to superannuation balances. Many investors and ordinary Australians are concerned for their health and also very much for their wealth. We're not health experts at all, but we do try to help on the wealth front. So today I'm talking to one of Australia's most trusted commentators on the topic of how to handle these volatile times. That's David Koch, also known as Koshy. Don't know which you prefer. Uh, you all know David, but uh, as an introduction, he's the host of uh, Sunrise's, well, Channel 7 Sunrise program. Yep. He's one of Australia's most respected business journalists, and he's also the chair of the soon-to-be-launched AusBiz TV news channel, which is quite exciting, and we'll talk about that too. David? I, ha- I have many hats. <laughs> um, I should explain Sunrise is sort of a hobby that's got out of control. Um, I was asked to fill in on Sunrise for three months. That's almost 18 years ago. So it's a hobby that's got completely. My first lo- love is my family business and what I do. I'm a, uh, a business owner um, and with Pinstripe Media and we focus on personal finance and small business content. So I love that small business market. So uh, I'll always be a finance nerd, even though Sunrise has sort of got the bigger profile at the moment. Well, the joy of Sunrise is at least it brings your finance nerd profile to far more people, right? right? Finance nerds can be real human beings (laughs) and have a sense of humor. (laughs) So you've been working in business and finance yep. for decades now, you've seen a lot of the stuff that perhaps some younger listeners would not have seen. How does this feel compared to some of those things? Uh, it's uh, um, like all the other big downturns. It's scary. It's concerning. So if you have those emotions at the moment, don't think you're al- alone with it. Um, I remember I, I launched Personal Investment Magazine um, which was the late 80s. That was around just after the 87 share market crash before we went into the um, into the last recession that we had in, in the early 90s. Um, even the gold crash of 79 I went through and then the global financial crisis. So look, everything runs in a cycle and it's easy to say it. It's a bit harder to live through it and I know that. But, but every boom ends in a bus, every bus ends in a recovery. Um, you just hope that the, the time span of the, the bus isn't that long. And this is, what makes this one unique is that you look at the share market crash of 87, um, you look at the GFC with all the junk bonds, you look at dot-com um, at the, the turn of the century, dot-com boom. You know, they, the bus there were a reflection of a, a systemic problem in a, in a, um, economic models or, or the financial system, uh, or over exuberance in terms of um, asset values getting to completely unrealistic levels and, and not based on, on on proper investment theory. This one is one of those horrible black swan events that no one saw coming, and it's a health crisis that has enormous economic and financial implications. And uh, it's come out of the blue. Like 20th of February, 
we're at record highs. Everything was fantastic. We were partying. God, that was only four weeks ago. You know, that's, that's what we've been through in four weeks and our entire financial and economic system has been rattled by it. And uh, I think that's what's made uh, um, the shock even greater because we've come off such big highs with something that wasn't related to, you know, prices getting out of control or um, economies cracking. We're, we're actually in pretty good shape. Do you talk through what you think the likely economic implications are, depending on obviously the scenarios about how this is going to play yeah. out? Look, uh, there's no doubt we'll go into a recession. March quarter shot, so so that will be that will be negative growth or contraction in the economy. Uh, you talk to the politicians, talk to the treasurer. They go, oh, we just can't do anything about March. You know, we're we're really going to focus on on the June quarter to see if we can sort of eke out um, a small gain. That's looking fairly unlikely um, at the moment, depending on. Um, any forthcoming economic stimulus. So we're gonna go through a recession. And the thing is, for a lot of Australians, that's something out of the blue. No Australian under the age of 47 has lived through an economic recession as a responsible adult. Um, you know, that is double digit unemployment is a possibility. Uh, there won't be the double digit interest rates that the last recession had on your mortgage but such low zero or even negative interest rates, which has been seen before in Japan, can be just as damaging as the, the double digits uh, to an economy going forward into prices and to business confidence. So it is, it is a time to remain calm, remain focused, to have a strategy on how to get through this. And I, I've said forever during my career um, that the most valuable investment you can have is good advice. And it's, it's trusting your advisors, uh, trusting your accountant, your uh, financial planner, your broker, your bank. Um, getting that advice for your own particular circumstances and working through it, having a plan. Look, I've plenty of times, and as a small business owner, this happens all the time when you have cash flow problems. You can you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and everything's going through your head, it's a nightmare. And the, But then in the morning, everything becomes a bit clearer. I think to actually have a plan to work through it makes you think clearer uh, and have it written and getting good advice is the best way to do it, to handle it through. So markets have, everyone loves the word crated. I hate the word crated because it's not a verb, but it no. is now. Yeah, it's yeah. a verb now. Yeah. Um, markets have fallen apart since the highs of 20th of February or a bit earlier. And that response has been very, very volatile. Down days of 9% and then up 5% the next day and Scary. all over the place. How do you, how do you see people responding to that? Are you seeing people really anxious? Uh, really anxious uh, because it's, and uncertainty makes us anxious. Anything that's, that doesn't follow a pattern. And you sort of saw this in um, uh, 2007, you saw it back in 87 that, you know, there'd be big, big crashes on days and then a day later, there'd be a big bounce. 
And everyone would go, oh, sure. And then it would change again. Now, that volatility, I'm, I'm not so con concerned about the depths of the falls um, and the rises, just the volatility of it. Because that volatility means markets are still really uncertain. No one has any clue whatsoever. And they're short-term reactions to different pieces of information. Now, if markets are, are so erratic, just when a bit of information drops and then reverse on another bit of information, it's just that herd mentality, um, which computer trading has accentuated because uh, once the, the algorithms start kicking in, um, it can accentuate falls and rises on each day. So it becomes a totally unrealistic market and that, that's what scares everyone. So there's a whole lot of different groups who are responding to this differently. Yep. Do you have any suggestions for retirees in particular for whom this is really okay. so upsetting to watch their retirement savings eroded so quickly? I'd, I'd, I'd say to retirees, you do remember the 87 share crash. You do remember the global financial crisis. Um, and if you're my vintage, you do remember gold in 79 and and look at the impact that's had on your portfolio. Yes, you had time on your side to recover. I'm not trying to underplay this. I'm just trying to say, um, keep it in perspective that they are blips going forward. And depending on your age, like the longevity average lifespan in Australia is the, the mid to late 80s at the moment. If you're in your 60s, you've still got another 20 years to go, 25 years, and this will become a blip in five or six years time or 10 years time going forward. So stick to your strategy, make sure you've got the right advice, make sure you've got a portfolio that matches your circumstances and your risk profile going forward and your risk comfort level, I think is the important thing. For, you know, for younger Australians who have been talking to me about the impact on their superannuation, you know, it's been a great education for them because I've said, well, what investment options are you in? Investment options? <laughs> you go, yes, you know, you can. You know, in your super, you've got choices mm. and you've got to focus on that. Um, and so it is just understanding what you're in and whether it matches what you want. Uh, I, or if I had a dollar for everyone who, who came up to me in the street and said, what should I do with my money? I'd be incredibly wealthy. Uh, my answer has always been, what do you want your money to do for you? And, um, and it's sort of turning it around saying, who cares about the return? Um, you have to decide, and who cares about where you're investing? You've got to decide what from, from the very start what your outcome is that you want from that money. And then that makes where to invest so much clearer. No, you need quick access to your money, do you need income, do you need capital growth, um, what's your risk, pro all that sort of stuff. And then, then the blueprint becomes obvious. And I think during this time, we've got to have a blueprint and make sure that we're sticking to it. On the flip side to the retirees, we have a lot of investors, and perhaps they're the ones you're talking about who've not been through a recession, yeah. uh, who are very, very trained to buy the dips. We have a really contrarian investor base and they do really like to buy what they consider to be high quality companies on some price weakness. What are your thoughts on that kind of strategy when the market is as volatile as um, it is now? Um, 
I think it's good if you have time on your side and you keep it in perspective. Like if I had $10 that I wanted to invest over the next uh, six months, um, I would be quite happy to invest $3 in this environment and then wait to see how it goes. So I reckon one of the biggest mistakes you can make is jumping all in and jumping all out at the one time. And that's, that's normal sort of human behavior. The psychology of it is, oh, we take this as an opportunity. Let's just jump in. Well, no, don't. Do three of the $10 now. See how it goes for a couple of weeks. Maybe put another two in in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, investment history tells us, and I'm a great believer of investment history. When we get excesses in the market, like we did in the dot-com boom days, where, they, uh, where the, um, um, uh, there was E-Corp um, was at one, one stage, which was a little dot-com business, valued more than Woolworths <laughs> and had, had no revenue. And everyone was jumping in and going, oh, this is a big thing. They're going to revolutionise the world. And I said, hang on. Um, does it have customers? Does it earn revenue? In other words, are customers willing to pay for it? And does it make a profit? Because it doesn't matter how good your idea is and you can get away with fooling the investment public for a while. But in the end, sustainability is making profits and making sales. And um, so you've got to look for, for companies like that it's, and, and bring it back to basic investment philosophies. Um, investment history tells us that yeah, um, 87 share market crash, 2007, 2008, you should have been buying, you know, because there were uh, big bounce backs after that. So the buying the dips is, yeah, I, I think history tells us that that's to do, but keep it in perspective. Yeah, there, there are little dips and there are big dips. We've oh yeah, quite a big dip so far, but uh, yeah, no one's right. quite sure where this is going to go. No. So there are, at the other end of the spectrum, retirees who are in this real uh, bind between very low interest rates on one side and then a volatile share market on the other. Do you have any advice yeah. for those guys? Yeah, it is. Well, the big question is, where else do you go? <laughs> um, and look, this is where advice is um, incredibly important and balance of your portfolio as well uh, to make sure that, you know, you do have property and good positive, um, positively geared uh, investment property, um, that you use uh, good income producing funds and, um, and instruments that that you can get through brokers and financial advisors, um, that you, there's always got to be a trade-off in risk and reward, um, but just buying dip, big dividend paying shares is not your only income option. So it's taking a balance approach across the whole thing. Now, generally Australians and retirees, um, you either have the ones that, that say, I only invest in bricks and mortar, or I only invest in shares. And the bricks and mortar people say, share market's a casino. Uh, the share market advocates go, well, at least I've got access to my money and I'm liquid and da, da, da. Uh, when the reality is there's a place for both of them. 
um, and again, just depending on your own circumstances um, and your need to get um, income from your investments to live on if you haven't already got it through a pension or whatever. You've been a huge advocate for small business and for business yep. owners. What are your thoughts for them at the moment? Um, it's a really high risk period. It's a real red zone for small business owners. Um, like income, revenue could absolutely dry up. Customers are going into the bunker, um, not surprisingly, given the, the challenges of, of the coronavirus. Um, they'll be hard to bring back. It will depend on what the government does. Um, it is, I thought the first economic stimulus package was really well directed um, and thought it was really good. Um, so much changed in 10 or 12 days after that, that they need another one. Um, our economy can take it. Uh, it's un-Australian to acknowledge anything we do well in this country, and particularly uh, what politicians do. Um, but our economy's in pretty good shape. Our budget's in really good shape compared with the rest of the world. We have got firepower can, that can be thrown at this, and I hope the government will do it, and I think they will. Um, I'm pleased that the government's working with the Federal Reserve, uh, with the Reserve Bank, and they're working in tandem. Unlike in America, where there is a war between the government and the Federal Reserve there, disaster for the United States uh, going forward. Trump has just been terrible with all of this, shown no, absolutely no leadership, started um, sort of with coronavirus was fake news. Give me a break, mate. Um, now, he's I think in the high risk category too. Oh yeah, I think he's coming around to the fact that because the rest of the world is telling him you've got to really be, show some leadership here and you've, you have to go hard and early in stimulating the economy. I think our government will, but I don't think that will be enough to keep us out of recession. And every small business I think is at risk. Um, and you've got to look at your cost base really, really hard and make some hard decisions. You talk to all the corporate restructuring people around town, the ones that go into corporate cock cases and turn them around, and they always say business, no matter what size, gets into trouble because they went too soft in trying to um, re-engineer their cost base. It was band-aid solutions rather than go go hard, go early. Now, you know, that's because we're all human beings, business owners. We all have close to our staff. And so you've got to work out ways of accommodating staff now. It might, doesn't need to be retrenching people at all. It could be being completely open with your staff who know what's going on. They're just, a, in my small business, they're saying, what can I do to help? Um, so it can be uh, getting people to take holidays. It can be people taking um, leave without pay, depending on their own. And you'll be surprised when you talk to staff um, but they say, oh, you know, I've been thinking of taking a few months off anyhow because I want to do something and, um, and, and you can come to an accommodation. But it really does need that going forward. 
I think there's, we're all going to have to be very lateral in our thinking. Oh, yeah. It, uh, it, I was using the example with you earlier of a cousin of mine who during the GFC, he worked for a very large professional services firm, very, um, very high revenue stable yep. firm, but their business dropped in half during the GFC. And what they said to keep their really highly qualified staff on was, we will pay you half pay to take a year off. Yep. So he had a full year off with his family, got paid half his salary. Now he's fortunate that even half his salary was enough for them to live on, which is not <laughs> true for the average person. So yes. I understand how or, privileged... Or the average small business. Yeah, or the average business, uh, yeah. business yeah. But a very privileged situation. But it, it was a good example of at least thinking laterally about yeah. it instead of just cutting Absolutely. them off completely and then not being it, able to hire back. It could back be going to a three-day week for a period. It could be going to a four-day week. It could be, you know... Um, staff that work at home for a day a week because it suits their family circumstances saying, well, um, don't work that day, um, have that day off. So it might be going to a four-day week or a three-day week or, or taking uh, pay cuts for a, a period of time. Moving a lot of services online, I think will be also quite interesting for a lot of businesses. Uh, yes, if possible. Uh, if possible. Um, my only warning for that is because I think a lot of businesses are almost treating this as an adventure at the moment, almost an Instagram type thinking, going, all our, all our staff are going to work at home for two weeks or three weeks. This could, this could go for six months. Now, it's, it's a bit like the schools, closing of the schools. Parents are going, close the schools now, lock them down, the whole thing. That may have to eventuate, but the reality is, if you're going to make that decision, you've got to make it where you get the biggest bang for your buck. Because if you close them down now, you might have to close them down all of term two, because this is going to get a bit worse. And... All the medical advice, even out of China, is, was you, keeping them at school was the best thing to do. So you've got to think, you've got to think not in the next month. And like a two week or a four week lockdown is just, just doesn't work. People are going, lock the country down, keep everyone at home for two to four weeks and magically expect everything to bounce back at the end of four weeks. That does not happen. Um, so you've got to be sensible and you've got to, if you're going, taking your whole business online, just think through that this may not be for a month, this might be for six months. So how does that impact on your culture? How does that impact on staff? Uh, how does it impact on your processes? Could it stand up for six months and it, is it the best thing for you and your business? It's a really interesting perspective. For those of us who don't work in small business and are fortunate enough to still be likely to be able to yeah. continue working, how do we support small businesses? Um, keep dealing with them. Don't go into the bunker. Um, if, you're, if you've got great job security uh, because you work for a big organisation, you can afford to keep spending and keep spending with those small businesses. Even little things like buying a gift card from the now. So you're not taking stock, but they're getting money, they're getting cash flow. Um, if, they, um, if they owe you money um, um, and, and they can't afford to pay it, have a plan 
to work through it, understand what they're going through at the moment, I think is the most important thing. And and even even going and asking them, you know, how can I help? Um, while well, we're talking on the show this morning, and uh, Monique Wright goes to a gym that has to close down, um, so this gym is doing classes outside in parks and stuff like that. So they're thinking laterally on how to keep their business. And she's determined to keep going to those classes. Um, so it's little things like that to, to help small business deal with this and accommodate their flexibility and, and just keep supporting it. So you're the chair of Ausbiz TV. You're yep. concerned about the Very launch exciting. time. I think it's excellent <laughs> launch time because it's exactly when everyone needs as much information and uh, as much insight and expert advice as they can possibly get it. Yeah. Tell I'm, us all I'm, about it. I'm very excited about it. Well, it fits beautifully in with my family business, which is all about information and for small business and, and personal finance, and, but mainly online. Uh, all our information is digital. And ever since um, the Your Money Channel and Sky Business closed down um, in May last year, there's just been a big gap on uh, live coverage of markets and investment news and business news uh, here in Australia because what's um, uh, filled the void here is channels that are based in Hong Kong and Singapore, which really don't really care about as much and, and don't cover the Australian market. So. A very good friend of mine who was a chief executive of Your Money, who in fact I gave her first job to, which makes me really old and makes her still feel really old, <laughs> came to me and said, hey, why don't we do a streaming service? So think um, Netflix of business and finance, but at the core of it is eight hours of live coverage of markets, 8 a.m. Uh, to 4.30 p.m., um, every day of business news and the market. So it's like a an Australian business channel. Um, so phase one is the live stream and you'll be able to do catch up TV and it will all be on the platform. And then the next phase will be, you'll be able to transact through it as well. But it'll be available on smart TVs. Um, it will have its own app so you can, on any device, um, seven plus, uh, platform on smart TVs will stream it live. Sevennews.com.au will take the stream on on there, which is now the fourth biggest news website. It'll be live on all Iris terminals, so you'll be able to get it anywhere. So I'm very excited about it. I, as I said for, at the start, I'm a finance nerd. I love this sort of stuff. <laughs> What's the launch date? Uh, March the 30th. Right. So we're itching to uh, Monday, March the 30th. Um, studios are being finished at the moment, staff are being trained up, well everyone's shedding staff, we've hired 15, um, so we're doing, doing our bit for the, uh, for the economy and employment, but we can't wait. And um, It will have not just a lot of information on shares, but also uh, SMSF sort of investors um, will have a lot on um, that market as well, so um, not only shares, and all the investment options, but 
how to run your SMSS uh, properly and getting experts like you on to talk about it. <laughs> well, I know NabTrade investors are absolutely desperate for insights and information at the moment. We're updating our content every day, yep. uh, trying to keep everyone informed, but ensuring that they have really great places to go is fantastic. So I think everyone will be really excited. Great. David, thank you so much for your time today. Gemma, always great to catch up. Thank you so much for listening. Also, we absolutely love having you tune in. We also love to hear from you, and we are hearing from you quite a bit at the moment, which is exciting. So if there are any topics you'd like to hear more about or any guests you'd like to hear from, please just email your suggestions to yourwealth@nab.com.au. I'm Gemma Dale. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Your Wealth with Gemma Dale. To stay up to date, please subscribe to this podcast series or email us at yourwealthatnab.com.au. Please note that any advice provided in this podcast has been prepared without taking into account your objectives, financial circumstances or needs. Before acting, you should consider the appropriateness of the information. To find out more, please visit nab.com.au.